Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Mainland Podcast, episode number 153. I am Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com. We cover Orlando City, Orlando Pride, Orlando City B, and even the Orlando Seawolves for SB Nation. And uh, joining me, as always, up in Tallahassee is David Rowe. Dave, how you doing this week? I'm just happy to be heard, to be honest with you. It's, uh, you know, when you're shouting into the void and, and nobody's listening, it can be it can be devastating to your uh, your sense of self. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that everybody can hear me. But not as devastating as a 95th minute goal. No. Not as devastating a as that. Goal in the fifth minute of four minutes of added time, injury time, is uh, annoying to say the least. But that, that's yeah, what that we are close. left with. That's that's what we're left with. Scratching our heads at a seeming uh, victory turned into a draw on the road for Orlando City. We, uh, you know, we both predicted a two-one loss. So I guess we should probably be a little happier than we are. But uh, and a point on a point on the road is a point is a point is a point. We got precious few of those last year. We saw precious few of those from Orlando City last year. And um, you know, honestly, Dave, if we look back at this week's game at Chicago or Bridgeview, Illinois, as a lot of the locals like to call it, <laughs> because that's where it actually is. Um, there were good things and bad things about Orlando City this weekend. The good thing is that the team. Um, played a good solid road game kind of kept Chicago's chances to a minimum yes there was some early some early uh, energy from the fire and they tried to jump on Orlando City early uh, they had a couple of uh, opportunities to take a lead and did not uh, take those chances and then I thought that the Lions settled down pretty well and defended well and it looked to me like James O'Connor's strategy in the game was to force Chicago into wide areas and not allow really any kind of build up up the middle and it looks like that's going to be more or less the theme this year with this defensive style is it's going to be funnel everything out wide and then let your center backs win everything in the air and as long as the wing backs are playing well you should have some coverage uh, on you know from keeping keeping some dangerous crosses on the ground from getting through um one of the opportunities that uh, Nemanja Nikolic had was <laughs> the result of Kyle Smith not doing that, mm-hmm. and uh, that should have really been a goal. But um, you know, sometimes Orlando City misses gimmies, and every once in a while, not very often, but every once in a while, somebody misses a gimme against Orlando City, and we saw that early in the game. The one thing that I didn't like was the lack of attack, but I think based on the score and based on the uh, the way things were going, I think that the team was content to kind of play the way that, that they did on the road. And then uh, if they needed to go chasing goals, they would. They they ended up getting their break that they wanted on a uh, just two minutes after halftime on a, on a break that uh, was really came out of nothing. There was a, a an aerial ball that kind of won by Danny Acosta, and it fell uh, to Nani, who just kind of plucked it over the air and or out of the air and, and dinked it over the top of the defense. And it looked like just a routine ball for uh, David Usted to come out and pick up. But the defense was not counting on the 
you know, the, the energy and the effort by Dom Dwyer to get there first. And Dwyer gets there and just chips it over the keeper. Nice goal for Dom and a good way to open his 2019 account. Indeed. And the, uh, you know, that nice little lob from Nani, uh, I, I went back and looked at it a few times. That, you know, if anybody was questioning what it is that he's bringing to the team, it's it's that type of skill, that kind of, uh, you know, experience to to take a ball like that out of the air and, and place it someplace where uh, something can get done with it. Now, give it up to Dom for, you know, hustling after it and, I mean, barely getting a toe on that thing to just, uh, you know, chip the, the goalie. But uh, it was... Uh, it, those are the kinds of things and those are the kinds of goals that in the past, um, especially last year, Orlando City just wasn't getting. And it's the kind that they need if they're going to, you know, move up the table this season, uh, you know, in comparison to last season. Sort of created out of nothing, but I think that's kind of why you go out and you get a Nani is to create opportunities for guys to get on the end of and, and, Certainly, Dom caught the defenders flat-footed. He he didn't give up on the play. It kind of like I said, it seemed like a routine little bloop that the goalie would pick up, goalkeeper would pick up. Dom was having none of that. He said, uh, "I'm just going to go full speed, see if I can get there." And he did get there, and it was a nice goal for him. It was uh, a good bit of skill to pop it up over the top, and it was one of several plays that Nani made that was uh, very creative on the day. Of course, uh, Kyle Smith was uh, had a bit of a rough game only his second MLS game and uh, he exited early uh, with a yellow card uh, James O'Connor decided I'm not gonna you know risk him picking up a second yellow I'm gonna bring on Ruan or Juan I guess it's pronounced that way but it's uh, it's it starts with an R so it's kind of uh, confusing to us uh, idiotic Americans who uh, we can't pronounce names from around the world so uh, anyway, he comes on and shows his absolutely blazing speed that we saw in the preseason uh, with a, a ball. Again, Nani just waits one behind the defense, and you know most guys are going to spray that wide into the corner and let their, you know, let their wing back go run onto that. Dave, but this one, Nani knew the speed that Ruan has, and he just plinked it through the middle of the defense, mm-hmm. and and Ruan just absolutely stunned everyone with his speed and got there first and uh, created a, a situation where Corrales took him down and got a red card for doing so. And that kind of looked like it would give it would give Orlando City the chance to uh, to get the first win of the season. Yeah, one would have hoped so. And I, I don't think anybody was more surprised than Corrales on and how fast that uh, Ron was because, uh, you know, he's chasing it down. He can't see anything. All of a sudden, out of the corner of his eye, here here he comes and just goes right past him. All he can do is stick out a leg and try and stop him. Um, you know, obviously a red. Obviously, at that point, we're all feeling pretty good. Uh, if you're a goal up and a man up, uh, even if you're on the road, man, that's you can't ask for anything more than that. And uh, then you get to – I know we still got other stuff to talk to, but you get to the 90-minute mark and you're still feeling pretty good. But um, – you know, give it up to him. That, that we talked about his pace being something that he brought to that side, and, and would it pay off? And well, there you go. That that was evidence right there. Yeah, it's a pity that Corrales couldn't waited about two more steps before he took him down, because then it would have yeah. been a penalty. But uh, as it was, the you know the Lions kind of had the thing 
in hand in terms of, of not allowing a lot of good chances. Then, you know, Chicago went down a man. But then I thought Orlando got a little bit lax in terms of holding possession. I think maybe feeling a little bit overconfident with having, um, you know, a lead and a man advantage and not keeping the ball like they should have. And uh, eventually, um, you know, James O'Connor made his final change. He brought in uh, Chris Mueller in the 90th minute there and, and took Nani off. And, you know, that's normally not a bad change because you're not uh, you're not changing shape. Mueller's a pretty good defensive player in terms of uh, his responsibilities. He's he's a very energetic guy. He's got uh, plenty but, of motor. Yeah. Yeah, but in this case, uh, maybe uh, looking a little bit too much at at trying to. Put kill off the game. There's nothing wrong with trying to kill off the game. There were some some half chances to do that. There were a couple offside calls, uh, but there was one in particular about the ninth, right about the 94th minute that Mueller popped the ball over the top for Dom rather than going to the corner, and it it really kind of set the table for Chicago to come back and tie the game because Dom was... I mean, even on the best of circumstances, Dom is offside a lot. So uh, in this case, rather than trying to pop that over the top for Dom and getting the, the timing wrong and giving the ball up, if Mueller goes to the corner, they probably don't come down and, and score the tying goal. But instead, it's a turnover. Now, Chris is caught up, up uh, at the top of the formation. He's got to scramble to get back. Um, you know, Chicago comes the other way. And, of course the ball always finds it where it needs to be and, and in this case on Frankowski's foot and Mueller was slow to get down uh, to get back and close him down it enabled him to, to get a, a good look uh, for his ball into the box and uh, you know I thought a defense that played really well all day long in terms of, of keeping uh, some very dangerous Chicago attackers you know at bay it just it just was one moment of switching off, and that's all it took. Because CJ Sapong is a lion killer anyway. The yeah. former, the former USL lion uh, has a free header, and um, you know he ties the game in the 95th minute, and it's really at the end of the 95th minute almost, and it, it seemed like. And yeah, it's frustrating, and I know people want to people want to lay the blame. They want to blame Brian Rowe. There's nothing Brian Rowe is going to do about that shot. It was well-placed in the corner. It was a free header. You've got to be able to throw Sapong off a little bit. Shane O'Neill, uh, to his credit, he owned up to, to the mistake. He didn't uh, he didn't stay tight enough to Sapong, and he didn't jump or do anything, push or do anything that he could to to maybe throw off that header just a little bit. Um, some I've seen some people blame Alex Dijon, but I don't think Dijon could have got to it. He... You know, he came out to size it up, and I think O'Neill thought maybe he was going to jump and head that away. But I think if you see how good the cross was, I think Dijon correctly surmised that he wasn't going to get up and get that. Now, there's still a part of me that says, go ahead and jump anyway. Maybe you distract him <laughs> enough. You know, maybe you just distract him just enough to not enable him to put that ball where he wants to. Uh, so maybe there's a little bit of blame there, but I think Shane O'Neill was culpable there. I don't think Brian Rowe is to blame on that one, and and uh, I do think that um, you know giving giving too much space to Frankowski uh, was a problem as well. So there's uh, there's a little bit of blame to go around on that goal, uh, but the fact of the matter is I I kind of think Chicago is going to be a good team this year, and I think they're going to uh, finish above the playoff line. And if you go on the road, a place that Orlando City had been had been beaten eight nothing over the last two games uh, in Chicago, and you get a point out of that. I think 
you don't have to be happy about it, but I think you can be satisfied. Yeah, this is one of those things where, assuming that you know two points at the end of the season doesn't make a difference, you you have to look at and say points on the road, no matter how many they are, are important, and they did get a point on the road. Uh, this is, a, a, and then the other thing to remember is this is a, a brand new team for all intents and purposes, and so these guys are still learning to play together and we're you know two games in two draws um it's it's hard to be too upset with it i mean it is massively disappointing for it to happen in the 95th minute mm-hmm. we all hated it uh but you know little give it a little time step back from it see how see how the team reacts from it um you know the we talked about uh center back depth and that being important uh this season with the the way that o'connor wants to play and and we'll talk more about that in a little bit but um you know it's take take the positive from it you know they got a they got a goal on the road and uh and they got a point on the road yeah here's the thing that I, i come back to is they maybe they scored a goal they shouldn't have scored Uh, at the end but maybe they should have scored the goal earlier that they didn't score so I think if you're looking at at the result on whether or not it's a fair result I think it's a fair result of of how the game was played Um, if if Nikolic scores early and then Dom scores in the 47th minute nobody's upset Um, if that if that's how it ends 1-1 but you know clearly you can't afford to drop points and if, if I thought that this was a playoff team this year or, or even a borderline playoff team, I would think that that was, that was pretty huge in the grand scheme of things. I don't personally believe this Orlando City team is, is a playoff caliber team. I think they're just below that. I think that they're taking steps in the right direction. They're making some nice moves. I think if they can keep this, this uh, core of players together for a couple of years, I think they could grow it and add the right pieces. I think they can become a really good team in this league, but I just don't believe that they're quite there yet. So I'm kind of just enjoying the ride as long as they're going to stay at or above the playoff line. That's good for me. You know, that I, I looked at, at that as a positive. Well, there, there's so much new uh, between the, the scheme, between the players, um, that we all have to learn uh, this season who this team is, you know, along while they do, um, you know, obviously they go to, they go to training. O'Connor has his vision and he shared that with them and um, he's implementing it. But, you know, uh, those of us who observe, we, we have to kind of wait and see what happens uh, during the matches. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited in a different way than I was last season. Last season we had, all the big signings were a bunch of, you know, hoopla, and, and we were all excited because we're like, all right, you know, going to make the playoffs. Massive disappointment. So this season, I'm more excited of, hey, we've got some pieces that, you know, we need to learn about. Uh, you know, we saw Ron speed. Okay, great. You know, Nani's come in, and he's already shown some nice things. We already know what Mueller can do, but can he have a, you know, good um, – you know, second season, um, you know, what's the defense going to look like after being almost completely replaced? There's so many questions um, that I'm choosing to look at it in a, like you, I, there are no expectations. So if the, if the team can perform and, and progress, 
um, while hopefully getting some results here and there and, and playing some entertaining soccer, well then, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, it's a bit of bad news. 20, 21 minutes, 20 minutes in, uh, Tesho Akendele went down with a hamstring injury. I've seen a lot of people saying we shouldn't have played because he had that problem last week. But uh, there's a difference between a cramp and a hamstring injury. And Tesho obviously didn't show any ill effects all week in training, ran hard, didn't uh, didn't pull up lame all week in training. So you got to figure he's good to go. I've had a pulled hamstring. I've had a cramp. I don't think that those two things feel the same. So I think that I... I think we could take at face value that he had a cramp against New York City. It was a hot day. It was, the, it was you know, these guys hadn't yeah. gone 90 a lot. So um, I think that I could take him at face value there. And I obviously I, I think I could take the decision to start him as, you know, a perfectly logical and reasonable decision to make considering, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he trained all week. He wasn't limited. He wasn't out. So, um, you know, no, no, I don't see any fault there with James O'Connor uh, playing Tesho. Uh, and, you know, some people think that Chris Mueller should be starting. And, you know, that's that's valid opinion, if that's the opinion you have. I don't I don't know, um, for me right now, if there's one ahead of the other uh, in terms of how I feel about one starting over the other. I feel like they kind of do a lot of similar things. Yeah, and look... Mueller, uh, there's you know, there's a lot of people who love Mueller because of his passion, his energy, and everything that he brings to the team. I'm one of those people, but at the same time, um, uh, you know, we need we need you know some true strikers other than Dom, and uh, you know, Tesho is as close as we're probably going to get to that, at least you know on the current roster. So mm-hmm. it's. Uh, they do bring some similar things, you know, but, um, I, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, this is, this is the thing about sports. You got to play the guys that you have. So, you know, Tesho goes down, Dom's got to come in and then, you know, we go from there. Yeah. And the other thing about the, the decision why to start Tesho and not Chris, we've seen Chris's spark that he brings off the bench. So why not have that spark, you know, that is is in your back pocket. Uh, and, and, you know, quite frankly, an inch or two here or there down the stretch, and, and Orlando could have increased the lead uh, based on what Chris was doing on the field. So um, mm-hmm. I, I don't fault the decisions, and, and and some people have said that, you know, maybe Rossell should have come in late and get another defensive player on the field. Yeah, maybe, but then you, you're you talking about a, a shape change, and that, you know, when you have a new group of guys together and then you're changing shape that late in the game, that's you're, you're asking for potential... Um, you know, potentially somebody to make a mistake or, or read something wrong or, or assume that their teammate's going to close someone down and they don't. And so nobody does. And, you know, it, it's, it's, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't kind of thing. Well, and, and go out, go out and run around for uh, 95 minutes and then, you know, tell me how, how much uh, brain power you've got to uh, assess a, a kick coming in uh, and what you're going to do as far as the f- defending it. All right, Dave. Well, I thought that um, Sebas Mendez, again, uh, Sebas Mendez had, had a good game, good solid game. I really thought he brought a lot to the table. I thought that Will Johnson had a great game. 
um, which you know a lot of our listeners aren't going to want to hear that, but it's true. I'm sorry, but you go look at you go look at what he did and, and his statistical uh, you know output and his work rate. Uh, I think he played a very good game for what he's asked to do. Um, those two guys played really well, I thought, and Dwyer played really well, and Nani played really well. Who who's your man of the match, Dave? Man of the match uh, is well, I gotta go. It was, it was tough. I, I'm going to go with Johnson, uh, just because, like you said, uh, you know, the, the, statistically he was good. Um, he put in the solid type of performance that he always, I think he always does. I know there's people who don't like him, but if you just look at what he does on the field, and um, you know, he may not have uh, Mueller level, uh, um, you know, motor, but for an, an older guy than Mueller, he 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 never stops. So um, I, th- I think what he brought was um, a good consistency, uh, and yeah, uh, I'm I'm going to go with Johnson. Not a bad pick. I'm going to go with a guy who was influential in the two biggest moments of the game for Orlando City. Nani had his yeah. uh, his second assist in as many games uh, with the with the good ball over the top. He of course uh, could have had an assist on the the play had Corrales not taken Juan down uh, from behind because that could have been a breakaway uh, for uh, the Brazilian speedster. Uh, I think he was influential in the game. Eighty seven percent passing is pretty good. Um, you know, I, I thought that he he won a couple of aerials. I think I think Nani put in a good shift, and I think he's still learning his teammates. I think he's still getting mm-hmm. back to match fitness. He he, of course, they, people think well, he was in season, but he had not played a game since February third before the opener, and then that was just a, a you know what twenty minutes at the end uh, after you know at the same week that he had traveled to and from Portugal. Uh, right. So he's st- sort of still getting his legs underneath him. I thought we saw some some brilliant things from him. Johnson would probably be a second choice for me. I thought he he played really well, and um, you know it's it's a shame that the team didn't come out with the win, um, but you know it's <laughs> it is what it is. And at this point, just get whatever points you can get because last year the team only got twenty eight of those. Yeah, and you know. Anything, anything past uh, ninety minutes, it's kind of like you know being out after two p.m. Weird things happen, uh, and and oftentimes they're not good. So, uh, although I will remind people that there's been uh, numerous times where Orlando City has either either drawn a match or won a match in uh, stoppage time as well. So you know it yeah. it does go both ways. Uh, you know, I mean that that opener where you know. We came back to two goals uh, in in a hundred or in a minute and three seconds. Uh, that's the kind of weirdness that can happen. So this time it bit us. Maybe next time it helps us. You live by the cardiac cats. You die by the cardiac cats. Indeed. Um, so anyway, yeah. You, who scored? For what it's worth, who scored had Nani as the highest rated player in the game, followed by Will Johnson. There you go. Uh, and the, they were both rated above anybody on Chicago. Chicago's highest rated player was uh, Marcelo, who yeah, I thought Marcelo okay. had a pretty pretty solid game, you know, other than the fact that he and he and uh Kappelhoff, uh were not able to keep Dom Dwyer from uh, busting through and getting on the end of that ball, but other than that I thought he was 
he was very good. Well, to be fair, Dom wanted to score, so. Well, he does score when he wants. I just wish he would wanted to one more time. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, a very pedestrian offense, uh, offensive output for uh, Orlando. And again, they it, they weren't really in a position where they were chasing the game and opening things up. They really didn't open up their offense. They kind of they kind of went with the game plan of let's not let Chicago have quick counterattacks on us. And I thought, for the most part, the game plan worked. But only two shots in the game for Orlando. Both of them on target. Both of them from Dom Dwyer. So Hard, hard to complain. Yeah, so Dom did his job uh, again. Uh, and also, Dom was rated uh, third highest uh, by who scored. And again, higher than... Uh, no, not higher than uh, Marcelo. He was point zero three behind Marcelo. But uh, okay. higher, than, higher than anyone other than Marcelo on Chicago. So... Not bad. Uh, we take it and we move on. O O and two on the season. Two points in two games. And now uh, we will talk about the incoming Montreal impact uh, a little later in the show. And that's a team that shut out uh, Orlando City twice last year. Uh, much like New York City FC did three times last year to Orlando City. So yeah. getting these getting these teams out of the way that Orlando couldn't score against last week uh, might be a good thing to do. Indeed. <laughs> All right, Dave, let's turn our attention to a signing that we teased back on March 1st. Um, our sources had told us there was a lot to these rumors coming out of Sweden that uh, AIK center back Robin Janssen uh, was in uh, talks to become an Orlando City player. And we heard at that time that this deal was about 99.9% done. Mm-hmm. And that has come to pass. It was officially announced today as we record this on Tuesday the 12th. Uh, Janssen, officially a lion, came to uh, Orlando City over the weekend for his physical. And, of course, the deal was only 99.9% done because he still had to pass his physical. So uh, he did that. The team announced him today, so pending his uh, the, the arrival of his international transfer certificate and his P1 visa, uh, he will then be able to play in games for Orlando City. So that's that's good. This is a guy who played for uh, the team in Sweden, with Sweden's uh, the Swedish league's best defense last year. They were the champions of the league. He scored the goal that actually clinched the championship for them. This is a great story, this guy, yeah. because he he's kind of was a journeyman playing in the lower leagues in, in Sweden, kind of uh, went home to get his head right and, and worked uh, in a horseshoe factory while he was also playing uh, soccer. And he was driving like uh, two hours to training or an hour and a half to training uh, and back and also working full time. So uh, AIK plucked him out and, and, gave him a job and he helped them win a title their first title I think in seven years and um, then I mean that culminated in his first Swedish national team call up this past January so uh, a a really terrific story he's 27 Mm -hmm. years old but maybe a bit of a late bloomer and Orlando City my understanding signing him uh, not even a a TAM level contract so not even a a targeted allocation money guy and and um, from what we are hearing from AIK, what they put on their website, if we if the translator uh, in Chrome can be believed, uh, they play they paid somewhere between twenty five hundred and five thousand uh, dollars to get his rights, which is a drop in the bucket for a player. That's a pretty good deal. So good bit of business for Luis Muzi, the uh, executive vice president of 
soccer operations for Orlando City uh, between getting Nani on a free transfer and getting this guy um, very, very solid offseason uh, considering the financial constraints on the team with uh, with where things were last year. Um, the team spent and spent and spent and spent last year. And it and went spent. And it went nowhere. And, uh, of course, uh, there's That's still... That's not true. Some of it went back to the crew. <laughs> there's still some guys under contract that are under very large contracts that I'm sure the team would like to get out from under. But... Um, you know they're going to have to wait another season to do that with some of those guys, and maybe we'll see some movement in the middle of the year, uh, the summer window. I, I wouldn't. I, I would say there's no more moves going to happen before the summer window, and then if something happens in the summer window, it's going to require a sale to bring a player in, and there, this team has some some um, some assets that it can move. Mm-hmm. I, I think Christian Nikita is a guy that a lot of teams might be. Uh, in the market for in the summer window and, and he makes a decent amount of money so that could free up some money for uh, for some more firepower up top or you know if there's there's some injuries that they need to cover uh, we'll see but uh, yeah he was he was one that both you and I thought might be uh, might be gone during the off season so uh, like you say he's he's available for for summer transfer yep so Janssen joins the team uh, that will give the team uh, a good base of center backs now with with Kamal Miller signing just before the season. Kamal Miller, of course, has already played two his first two MLS games. Uh, Miller, Dijon, O'Neal, Sané, who's been out week to week with a quad injury. Asquez, who's coming back from injury uh, and may, has made the bench the last two weeks. And uh, and now uh, Janssen. So six good, solid center backs. Uh, I think this defense has the opportunity to become a very good defense, but they need to have time together mm-hmm. and they need to get completely healthy. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're, they're on their, hopefully on their way back to healthy. Uh, the, the addition of Janssen uh, is that, that last piece that we had been teased might happen. And, and indeed it did. So, uh, and, and credit to you for, uh, you know, guessing correctly that it would be a, a defensive player and, and I I think you may have even said it was going to be a center back so um, you know well done sir uh, but you're right it's that gives us a good core or I should say it gives O'Connor a good core uh, that helps him run the system that he wants to run and if he can get it so that these guys you know if all six of them are able to uh, weave it in and out um, you know through injury or through uh, substitution and, and all be able to work together, then you're right. It could be could be a very good back line. All right, Dave, let's turn our attention to the Orlando Pride. Not a lot going on in Pride land right now. They are still uh, in preseason training. They, you know, we'll be attending Pride uh, Media Day on Thursday, so there's that. Uh, maybe some stories will come out of that. There's going to be uh, several of the star players will be available for um, interviews, including Alex Morgan and Marta, and uh, that should be fun. Um, it's always good to to sit down with them before the season starts and see where they're at and see how they're uh, approaching the season. And, and, and it's really going to be interesting with talking to the internationals this year and, and to find out where they're kind of where their heads are at, considering the fact that you know everybody these are professionals. They want to do well. They want to make the NWSL playoffs. They want to win the cup, uh, but they're also in line for the biggest thing in their sport this year, and that's the World Cup. So yep. it's it's really um, it's going to be interesting to hear from them on those uh, 
on those topics and, and we're going to talk to Alex and Marta and Ashlyn Harris um, and Alana Kennedy all of them will be taking part in World Cup Chioma Bogagu also will speak and she may be uh, involved with England and Ali Krieger uh, doesn't seem to be in the U.S.'s uh, plans anymore uh, she will also speak at Media Day so we're looking forward to that we'll also hear from GM Eric Ustruck and uh, also from the new head coach Mark Skinner, and we'll find out, uh, you know, what's gonna what's gonna happen. I don't think this team's gonna bring in any new internationals until after the European season. So the NWSL season will already have started by then. So it might be a game or two into the season where you start to hear of some, maybe some players from England or Spain or, you know, where Germany. I mean, we got the the, the Wolfsburg uh, connection now. Yeah. Maybe they'll yeah. maybe they'll have some players coming over this way. The the pride do have a, a an international slot they can spend, and you know who who knows maybe more if the, if somebody gets their green card. Well, it's I'm looking forward to uh, you know the media day and and getting to hear from all of those players and and of course uh, Skinner just to you know this is going to be the first opportunity to really you know see what's on their minds. Um, it's it's kind of been a, a little bit of a barren wasteland as far as uh, you know pride stuff goes, other than you know the few trades here and there. But uh, uh, we are getting closer, and um, you can you can rest assured we'll probably have a lot more to talk about next week. Oh man, we don't need more to talk about. We have plenty to talk about. I meant more pride. Oh okay. We have we talk about stuff that we shouldn't even be talking about half the time. That's true. Uh, so speaking of that World Cup, um, you know the the U.S. Women's National uh, Team is you know a favorite, even though they didn't really perform all that well in the the She Believes Cup. But the U.S. WNT this week, Dave filed uh, a suit against U.S. Soccer Federation uh, for uh, discrimination, and uh, they are seeking equal pay. And I think that most people agree that. Um, you know, these women who have brought so much um, silverware back to the U.S. and have represented this country, you know, in many ways better than the men's team has, uh, they deserve to be compensated, and it should not be, a, you know, a big issue for people to say they should be compensated equally. In fact, the U.S. men's national team is supportive of the U.S. women's national team's efforts in this area. Absolutely. And, and spoilers for uh, my article on Thursday, uh, I will be addressing you know this very topic. But uh, to give you a very quick list of the accolades that the women's team has gotten over the years, uh, FIFA World Player of the Year for 2001-2002 with Mia Hamm, 2015-16 and 16 with Carly Lloyd, they were the Sports Illustrated Athlete of the Year in 99 uh, as the team who uh, won CONCACAF Gold Cup first place finishes in 2000, 2002, 2006, and 2014. In the Olympics, they were the uh, silver medal winners in 2000, gold medal in 96, 04, 08, and 12. They were the U.S. Olympic Committee Team of the Year in 97, 99, and 2015. And then we get to the World Cups where they were third place in 95, 2003, 2007. Second place in 11. And, of course, three stars, 91, 99, and 15. That is a ridiculous amount of hardware. 
Absolutely. And uh, speaking of that 99 team, the 99ers, uh, their, their jersey has sort of been adopted uh, in, in many ways with the new kits that came out this week that, uh, that the U.S. will be wearing at the Women's World Cup. And, the, the, you know, the, that design has, has gone, um, has not gone unnoticed by the, the players, the current players, very uh, taken with the new kits in terms yep. of, uh, you know, the, res- the amount of respect and awe with, the, with which they talk about the 99 team and, you know, the fact that most of the players on the current team uh, watched that 99 team and it kind of was an inst- that that team was an inspiration to the stars of today. And, oh, without a doubt, yeah. And that's that's what has enabled this this team to continue to be the number one team in the world year after year. And so it's cool that they're they're able to salute the 99 team with their uh, sort of a lot of the same flourishes on the kits. And um, we we certainly wish them the best of luck in their battle for uh, you know equal pay and proper um, you know treatment. Uh, you know, yeah. we, a lot of people just think it's just about money, but there are a lot of other things involved. I mean, there's times when these women have had to pay for their own flights to go to you know friendlies or even to report to camp. Um, there's times when uh, you know they've been asked to play on on surfaces that the men would never be asked to play on. Uh, turf, <laughs> yeah, not just turf, but some of the worst turf. I mean, yeah, uh, they eventually boycotted that game in Honolulu because it was just not safe. Uh, but which is a bummer to the the people in Hawaii. But I mean, this is a, a, an issue that needs to be addressed. There need there has to be standards that both the men and women are are you know equally held to. I mean, the standards have to be the same. The if the if the men are not required to play on certain surfaces, the women shouldn't be, and, and that kind of thing. And and overall, I think that the U.S. Soccer Federation does a, a pretty poor job at times of, of picking venues for games. Yeah, and it, well, they do a poor job of a lot of things uh, in regards to the women. And and sadly, they're better than a lot of the other places around the world. I mean, you know, God help you if you go down to any of the. Uh, you know, Central or South American countries and the way they treat their women's teams. So it's, you know, we're, we're lucky in one respect, but it's, it's still, you know, you heard the list that I, I rattled off about, you know, what the team has done under those suboptimal conditions. Well, you know what, they've earned it and they didn't even have to earn it. They simply should be because it's, um, because it's the right thing it's to do. It's the right thing to do, exactly. So, you know, I know you and I spoke before, and, and we are both hopeful that this is a successful uh, – there, there is a successful resolution to this in favor of uh, the women earning the equality they deserve. And I hope that it also sparks uh, – and I think it already has because I, I actually do go out and read a lot of this stuff, but I think it will spark – um, similar things uh, across the world with other women's programs, uh, not just national teams, but also uh, women's leagues, and and that's that's a good thing because uh, I know you and I are both fans of the of the women's game, and we, we enjoy watching that as you know as much as the men's game. Um, and you're right about the whole um, surfaces thing. You know, has would FIFA ever ask uh, the men to play on anything other than natural grass for a world cup no but go to the last world cup guess what turf yeah so yeah it was it was not good yeah it's ridiculous um one other quick point about the uh the uniforms that you mentioned 
not only are they, uh, you know, throwbacks to the 99ers, but um, they're also the first ones, uh, at least for the Nike ones, designed specifically for women. They're not just men's shirts downsized. Um, and they are uh, the, the collars are somewhere in between a, a crew neck and a, a V-neck, so that it's you know it's more professional but it allows for a ponytail you know to go through when they're putting the shirt on i mean there's just all these little touches that uh nike paid attention to and, and they're not the only ones um uh you know adidas and some uh, i didn't read everybody it's doing it but i'm i'm sure that some of the other uh uniforms uh companies are, are addressing this as well and it's it's it just goes along with it in that it's a it's about time that this this happened Absolutely. One of the other, uh, you know, high-profile battles uh, is going on in Colombia. The same thing, and uh, yeah. the Colombian women are, are seeking equality. And, and James Rodriguez and, and members of the Colombian national team, also uh, men's national team, are also, um, you know, supportive of their women. So that's that's great to see. And, and any time that the the men have the actual, um, you know, they they have the the public's eye. They have the the, the you know the the notoriety. They have the fame. Anything that they can do to use their assets to help the women uh, certainly is appreciated, and um, you know, and they should stick up for their their um, you know their colleagues, and, and and I'm happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, we're 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 all on board with this one. <laughs> all right, Dave. Uh, well, the uh, you know we we have a just I'm just going to touch on it because we haven't talked about them lately, but the Orlando Sea Wolves. Uh, are in the midst of just a brutal section of their schedule. And the Seawolves are a team that, that have been, uh, you know, it's their inaugural season, so you expect some ups and downs. They have had some ups and downs, but they really have been a fun team to watch. They've 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 battled hard. They've, they've had to deal with a, a lot of issues in terms of injuries. They've had to deal with some off-the-field stuff with uh, one of their, their top players they were counting on not getting his green card and, and ended up, uh, having to return to Wales, um, and the the team has done pretty well under under Tom Traxler. Now the the Milwaukee Wave are running away with that division far far and away. I mean, head and shoulders above pretty much any other team in the East. Um, and uh, I believe San Diego is doing the same thing out in the West, just absolutely running away with things. But um, you know, for a first year team, I think that the Sea Wolves have done a good job of of battling and they uh they they split their games last weekend of course milwaukee came in and waxed them the the in an early afternoon game the day after they you know the 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 seawolves played the night before in uh in an emotional game and won that so um you know they're they're kind of doing that now they're winning winning and losing and winning and losing they're they're kind of hovering right around the 500 mark uh but it's been fun to watch them if you haven't checked them out you absolutely should. It's uh, it's a it's a great sport to follow, and I would say that you know it, it's it's just been enjoyable. And uh, one thing I am hearing is that we're not going to see any of Luke Bowden the rest of the season. I think he just got married, and I believe ah. I believe Luke's uh, uh, regular job is keeping him from <laughs> from playing. We talk about the you know the women not getting paid. MASL players don't get paid very well either. Uh, no. Most of them, uh, I'm sure. Uh, Gordy Gerson's probably making pretty good bank for um, for the Sea Wolves, but uh, he's one of the league's stars. Uh, speaking of league stars, Jermaine Jones just joined the league 
Landon Donovan's in the league playing with San Diego. <laughs> um, uh, Dwayne De Rosario, remember him from MLS, uh, former MLS All Star. He's playing in the league, so there's some players in this league that you'll know, and it's a fun little game to watch. I, I think you, I think most people would enjoy it. Uh, big comeback win against Kansas City, uh, the Kansas City Comets uh, last weekend, and, and then of course the loss uh, to the Wave. But um, this is a team that is is they work hard, they're fun to watch. I, I suggest people watch them. It's it's I've I've only been able to you know watch it on online, so uh, you know I'm not as quite as lucky as you to be able to get to one of the matches. But uh, it is exciting. I mean, it is fast paced. Um, you know, it's it's soccer and it's not soccer. You know, it, it's kind of it's kind of odd. But uh, you're right, it is a lot of fun to to watch. And and I I think every you know give it a shot. I mean, if you don't like it, that's fine. But you know, don't don't write it off before you even you know take a look. Uh, one quick note on the whole Landon Donovan thing. Um, I'd like to find out from the listeners uh, when he retires from the MASL, uh, how long does he stay retired, and what league does he go to next? Yeah. Um, USL League One. Yes. Play, play for Orlando City B. I, I, bet, they'd, I bet they'd take him. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, probably not. Okay, they're a developmental team, but you never know. He could teach them. Uh, they, they, teach them. He could help them develop. Maybe he could be a player coach. Yeah. Um, anyway, go out to see the Sea Wolves this week. Uh, the Florida Tropics game on Friday. They will have uh, it's towel night. You can get a Orlando Sea Wolves towel. So going out. It's uh, like I said, fifteen bucks a ticket. So it's cheap. A towel is something you should always carry with you. <laughs> never, never be caught without your towel. Never be caught without that. <laughs> yeah. If if anybody else got that reference between uh, other than Michael, let us know There's in the not, comments. Just not enough of you hoopy fruits out there. Uh, no, there is not. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Um, nerd talk is over. Um, yes. Dave, why are, why don't we talk uh, about some of our listener mail? Why don't we get to that? right after this. All right, Dave, we got some listener mail to get to, and there's a couple ways that people can, you know, write and ask us literally anything. They can and reach out to us? Yeah, they can, they can reach out and touch us on Twitter. Not, like, literally, but... Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland is our Twitter account. Hit us up with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can email us to the mainland at gmail.com and uh, just throw that AskTMLPC in the, uh, the subject line and ask us anything. And uh, I don't know, if, I haven't looked yet to see if we got Twitter um, questions because I w- that would be like too much, too, Preparation. too yeah. similar to preparing for the show. And uh, but I do know we have a couple in the email, so I'm going to read those first, and then we'll we'll see if we have any uh, in the twitters. Uh, but okay. we're going to start with our good friend of the show, Lee Gavlik. All right, Lee. Lee asked us anything, Dave. He uh, he did not ask us about soccer. He says, "How do you prefer your Trek, original or next generation?" Oh, um, I, I watch both. I I got to go original. And the reason why is simply um, 
the Kirk acting and having a guy named Scotty with a great accent telling the captain that he's given her all she's got. So for that alone, uh, I go with the original. That's why, huh? Yes, that, okay. is, that is why. All right. I um, I do not actually – I know a lot of people have a preference, and some people are just diehard original series. Some people are diehard uh, next generation, and some people are even a diehard DS9. I, other than that, I don't hear too many people uh, claiming one above the other, but um, – I would don't say... go into the forums because you'll you'll you have your eyes opened. <laughs> uh, I have actually I've enjoyed the only one I haven't seen was Enterprise, but I'm actually currently in the midst of a full Star Trek universe rewatch. I'm in fact uh, I've gone through the original series, mm-hmm. I've gone through the original series movies, okay. and I've gone through the animated series. Very oh, okay. short lived uh, animated series. So, and I am almost done with season one of the Next Generation, but I would be done with it had I not gone a month without the internet. <laughs> yes, my Netflix was severely hampered uh, by not having that. So now, see, um, I just I just started a rewatch of Stargate and Stargate SG One, and then I will move on to Atlantis. Okay, but we're here to talk about Star Trek. Well, he uh, well. And I'm I'm just gonna say I, I don't really I I love them both next generation and original series I I couldn't even tell you if you put a gun to my head which I would I would take if I could only take one or the other it might be next gen just because there were more seasons of it well that would be the uh, if if you if you're telling me I can only pick one then yeah I'll take next generation because yeah. like you say there's there's more of it but. Yeah. Um, but obviously the 60s and the 80s were quite different in terms of yes. the way the way people acted the way um societal norms were at the time and and what was acceptable and what wasn't acceptable and what was uh you know what a lot of us now cringe about at the time nobody cringed about it because that's just the way life was well yeah but i mean give it up to og because they had they they snuck the first interracial kiss onto television well, they they did a good job of trying to shine spotlights on on um, inequality in their own way. Now, of course, that's all limited because at the time, you know, you, you're you've got studios that are telling you what you can and can't do, and Correct. and they had to battle for a lot of things. And and you know, Gene Roddenberry had to battle just to get as many women on the bridge of the Enterprise as as he got, and, and as many of them in prominent roles as as he did. And it was not an easy thing because you know they they wanted men they wanted you know they wanted white men to be running this spaceship you know the starship oh, and yeah. uh you know but it's it's a capsule of the time that it is from and you know i think we've we're in a more enlightened place now and i think that things are better i mean the new the new star trek has um you know cast regulars that are are uh you know People you would never see on the original series, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see. Oh homo- yeah, no. you wouldn't see homosexual um, relationships on the original Star Trek, uh, like you have, it, like on Discovery. Discovery, that's just a uh, part and parcel of of, uh, of everyday life. So, it's come a long way, baby. And um, I do like. Vo- uh, by the way, I do like Discovery. I think it's really good. I just hate that it's on CBS All Access, which is a big yeah. mis- misnomer. It's only All Access if you pay for the access. 
Correct. It's not <laughs> access for all. It's access for all who have paid. That's right. And, and that's why I've only seen about three episodes of it. I've subscribed to so many damn things, I just can't afford to continue oh, yeah, no throwing kidding. $5 here and $6 there and $10 there. It's just uh, it's Yeah, crazy. i got to figure out what I'm going to give up when Disney brings out theirs, because that's where all the Marvel stuff is going to be. Exactly. All right, so thanks for the question, Lee. Appreciate you. Uh, question we didn't get to last week, Dave, in our big return. Uh, or the last couple of weeks is uh, David Victor had asked us if what if we saw the Carabao Cup final and what we made of the Chelsea uh, dust up between Sari and his goalkeeper. Do you remember this happened a few weeks back? Uh, well, I know I didn't see it, um, and no, I'm not remembering. So either so, you're going to have to either answer or refresh my memory. So there was an injury to Arizabagala, uh, and Sari wanted him to come off. They had the the backup. Oh. was up and ready to check in and he wouldn't come off the field. Yes, yes, yes. And the, you know, afterwards everybody's like, oh, you know, it's just misunderstanding, blah, blah, blah. And, and everybody kind of swept it under the rug. And do, I mean, kind of to answer David Victor's question of what I make of it is I think people are making a, a probably too big of a deal out of it. Now, I always think that if the keeper or any player on the field, if there's a sub announced, they should come off the field. Uh, but if there was some kind of, um, if the only reason he was going to be pulled was for health reasons and he was fine, then, you know, then there was a, obviously a miscommunication with the medical staff and maybe that uh, should never have happened. Right. So um, I would say uh, I don't I don't really think much of it. I mean, I think it, I think people made a big deal, bigger deal out of it than they probably should have. Yeah, it was much much ado about nothing. Um it, I, I genuinely, gen, genuinely do believe that it was a miscommunication thing. Uh, you know, the trainers had been out there, and you know, he he's like, "No, I'm fine," and it, it looks like he's being called off, and he's waving him off, and then he's yelling at him because you know he's like, "No, the trainer said I'm okay," but they can't hear each other. So, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't anything to actually it, it shouldn't have even been news honestly but you know somebody somebody looks like they're uh, they're mouthing off to the coach and and there you go yeah i mean that's that's really what it boils down to is that it came off as he was refusing to come off um where maybe the coach didn't have all of the information that he needed and, and of course maybe he was and maybe this is just all uh uh you know, sort of revisionist history to to you know take the heat off and you know, but that's that's something that they're going to have to deal with and and I don't you know, I mean personally, I don't care if Chelsea has all the turmoil in the world because I don't really like Chelsea. Neither do I. So we're all <laughs> in agreement with that. Yeah. All right. Um, so Twitter questions, Dave. Um, I'm not seeing any new ones since I put the call out. But I'm pretty sure our good friend Ryan Smith has uh, sent in a question, because he always does. Or usually does, anyway. I shouldn't say always. He, he has indeed. Okay, so uh, let's see. Let me go to my Ryan Smith file. I don't actually have a Ryan Smith file. I made that up. Uh, but he wants to say... Um, so he, he asks... Dave, what's your favorite soccer film? Personally, I can't choose between goal one or two as mine. Three wasn't good. Um, wow, I haven't thought about a soccer film in forever, but for me, uh, 
I think it's going to have to be uh, victory. Absolutely, Dave. It's not yeah. even close in my mind. Um, I, I will cop to the fact that I haven't seen goal one or two. <laughs> uh, me, me either. So I, I guess we should probably watch those so that we can properly assess. But, I mean, otherwise, for years, Victory was the film. I mean, you got Pele in the damn film. Yeah. So Pele's in the film. Uh, you know, you've got Sylvester Stallone, who is the guy who's going to get everybody out of the prison camp. And he's not a soccer player. So they have to turn him into a soccer player. They have to make him a goalie. And then they have Michael Caine. And they have to injure the actual goalie so that he can has, has an excuse to play. Mm-hmm. So it was really, uh, it was a cool story, and I really enjoyed it. And, of course, anytime you beat the Nazis, uh, you know, it's a feel-good story. And, um, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen victory in many, many years, and I wonder how it holds up. So now I'm going to have to go track that down. We're, 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 we now have homework. You know, despite the fact that you and I watch, both try <laughs> to watch as much as we can in between everything else that we do, we now have to go watch Goal 1 and 2 and victory. That's a lot of watching to do. I'm I'm also in. I mean, the the Star Trek thing is going to take me years. <laughs> it's going to take years to get uh, to get through all of it. But um, and also, I'm in the midst of trying to finish up my Game of Thrones rewatch because the, the, the new episodes up, yeah. the new episodes are coming next month. And so there's all of that. In the meantime, I've just plowed through because I just got you know internet back. I've just plowed through. Season two of The Punisher, uh, Russian Doll, uh, season one, um, season two of Friends from College, and I've just gone halfway through The Umbrella Academy. So there's yeah. tons and tons and tons of stuff that I'm I'm working on, and plus there's a bunch of movies on there I want to watch. I'm I sort of my wife and I were watching the Jack Ryan series from Amazon, and I'm, we're only a few episodes into that, so. So much to watch in so little time. If only we could get paid to do that instead well, of what we actually get paid to do. If you would please go to our Kickstarter. <laughs> and, Don't we have to start one? Yeah, we do. Uh, and yeah, if, if you would visit, please visit our non-existent Patreon page That's and right. pay, pay us to podcast about soccer movies and uh, streaming uh, shows and we will be happy to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'm much happier sitting at home watching movies than I am going and selling cars. <laughs> exactly, and I would I would rather watch TV uh, and and podcast about it than to to do my thing too. So <sighs> then I would only have one full time job, or at least it would only <laughs> feel like I have one full time job. So so in other words, we have we now have a plan. <laughs> yeah, it's to get other people to pay us to do things that we want to do. Right. Uh, I I don't know how that's going to work out, but it's worth I'm, a try. I'm into it. I'm totally into it. All right, Dave. Um, so uh, we do have some other uh, twitters. Oh, do we have more Twitter questions? We do have more Twitter questions. Oh, sweet! Um, I didn't see any right. more. Where are they? I don't know. You got to sort by latest. <sighs> I don't. I'm not even seeing them. It's crazy. All right, well, I all guess right, but I, I will. I. Then. I get. I guess you get to read them because, um, you know, why not? Yeah, sure. I think. Right. Uh, I think you can probably read. Well, I can barely write, but we'll give it a try. <laughs> okay, so uh, Vince Porter uh, says, "I know you have to." 
play Sasha because you paid him so much. But when can we finally move on from him? Question mark. Please do not go the entire year again with only ten on the pitch. Well, uh, all right. I I am guessing that I don't see this question because I've probably muted this individual. Uh huh. Um, there is the possibility that if somebody that would actually ask that question would probably have said something on Twitter that would have gotten them muted uh, or possibly even blocked. Kind of uh, like that because, question. Yeah, because that question is ridiculous. I mean, Sasha Kleshin has played very well in the first two games of this season, and. I can't I help agree. you. I can't help you if you don't see that. Now, okay, is he? Does he have blazing speed? No. Here's here's the main thing that I hear people complain about with Sasha Question. He doesn't run fast. Okay, <laughs> he's not asked to do that in what James O'Connor is asking him to do. What he's asked to do is to float and to connect the back to the front, the left to the right. That's what he's been doing, and he's been doing a pretty good job at it. He did a really good job of it against New York City. He was absolutely phenomenal in the preseason game against New York City. If if you went to that game and you left that game thinking that Sasha Kleshin is a bad player, then you probably just don't understand the sport very well. Um, but that preseason game, he was amazing. Uh, he was good in the opener. He was he was good against Chicago, but not as good. Um, but I thought he was, still was very solid. Uh, he had a, a sort of a middling score. Um, but you know, he's also, um, you know, I thought Chicago really was a, a really good side in terms of, of clogging up what Orlando was trying to do moving forward. And the fact that Orlando wasn't trying, it wasn't stretching to get out on the break meant that there were really not a lot of options. So it was going to always be tough to, to get the ball to the forwards. It was always going to be tough to get scoring chances because they weren't coming out. They didn't want to expose themselves. And so I, I thought that Sasha did well for what he was asked to do. Now, to answer the other part of that question, I believe that Sasha will move on after this season is over. Um, it's possible that they might do something in the summer window if somebody you know makes the right offer, but I don't, I don't see anything happening until after this season. I don't have anything to add to that other than I'm not going to dignify the uh, question with the response. And we will move on <laughs> to... Uh, Adrian Faveros, who asks, what position do we look at signing a player for now that we have added a defender? Uh, what posi- I'm sorry, repeat that to me. What position do we look at signing a player for now that we have added a defender? Uh, well, that's a good question, but right now that's not going to happen at any position because the team is out of money. <laughs> the team has spent everything it could spend. Uh, all of its assets are tied up. Uh, I would think that the team would like to get another uh, wing player, another you know sort of a dynamic wing player or attacking midfielder. Um, and I think that the team would like to upgrade a few positions, but I don't think that's going to be addressed till the off season. I think in the off season when some cap space is cleared, some money is cleared, I think there'll be an upgrade at striker in terms of behind Dom Dwyer. And I think there'll be an upgrade in goalkeeper. And um, really, those the, those two positions and the attacking midfield slash wing are really the areas that the team needs to address next. But I don't see it happening during this season uh, 
there may be something that they can work out in the summer window, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, certainly no big names will be coming in until after the season. Yeah, you stole my answer. Uh, I, I might have had it in a slightly different order of uh, goalie and then striker and then midfield, but um, you're spot on with uh, the positions of need and, of course, the fact that not a gosh darn thing is going to happen because there is no money in the wallet right now. Um, they are... They are begging for uh, they are begging for some bread at uh, Olive Garden right now when they go out to eat. The Garber bucks are gone. They've been spent. Um, many of them have been spent by Nicky Budalic before he was uh, let go, uh, which is why I think the team probably didn't make some bigger splashes this off season. I think that the 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 goal was always to do that, and certainly I know that there was a couple of players on this team that they tried to shop around that they couldn't uh, find the right taker for. And, uh, I mean, anytime you, you want to completely overhaul a roster, it takes two to three windows. So we've just got through window one. So two more windows, and this team will be remade. If it's still terrible, we're going to do it all again, folks, because that's how this thing works. <laughs> that's how it works. We've, we've, and incidentally, two things here. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent. Number one, did you see how Minnesota United has started this season? I have not, but I've couple been busy. A couple of big road wins to start the season. Okay. They look very good. Okay. I want to point out that this is Adrian Heath's third, third season in year. Minnesota. Yep. yep. You may recall that Adrian Heath had a three-year plan for Orlando City. Mm-hmm. That three-year plan was cut short by the management of the club after only a year and a half. Mm-hmm. While, I will add, while the team was tied for the final playoff spot, uh, although on the tiebreaker, they were one spot below the line. This is a team that was hanging around under Inchi, and it wasn't a very good team talent-wise. Now he's got talent. Now he's winning soccer games. Now, yes, it's very early in the season, and it's possible that Minnesota will miss the playoffs again. I'm just pointing out the fact that this is the guy we had. He said, give me three seasons. They said, okay, psych, we're giving you a year and a half. And Minnesota has stuck with him, even though fans in Minnesota have been pretty vocal about wanting him gone. And now that he's got his team, he's winning games. And it does take a while to get your te- the team you want. It doesn't happen overnight, especially for an expansion team. It, it is, it's a process because so much has to go right to get the players you want. And the players you want are not always available at the time you want them. So, like you know, I talk about three windows to completely revamp a team, but if you don't if you don't get it right at first, it takes it takes some time to fix. And um, sometimes you make more mistakes along the way in trying to fix those mistakes, as obviously Orlando City did last off season when they brought in you know Merrim and Question and all these guys that they thought were going to lead the team. You know, El Munir and. Tarek and all these guys that were going to lead the team to the playoffs. That didn't happen, and now they're making up for more bad decisions. So, well, and that was that's a bad decision upon bad decision, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because of course we're on our second coach since Inchi left. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm just saying that that's kind of how long it takes. It takes years to fix this kind of stuff, and you know. Now Adrian Heath is is you know is getting it fixed, <laughs> so 
anyway, well, um, we never so, we never stopped liking him. So you know. yeah, exactly. So that's the way it goes. Anyhow, um, now the other thing I wanted to say, Dave, is that now that I've already alienated every one of our listeners, all five of them. <laughs> Uh, well, because between I, Will Johnson and, and, and Chi. <laughs> well, no, because I've I've stuck up for Will Johnson. I've stuck up for Sasha Kleshton. So yeah, I'm going to now I'm going to now stick up for Brian Rowe. Okay, let's let's get the trifecta. I think Brian I think Brian Rowe's getting a, an unfair shake by the fans. I think a lot of people have complained about Brian Rowe, and I go back and I look at th- three goals scored in two games. I don't see a single goal that any goalkeeper in this league stops except for the top 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 guys. And that's not what Orlando City was in the market for this offseason. Orlando City was going to go with what they had. They were going to go with Greg Ranjitsing, and they were going to go with Adam Grinwis, and Mason Stadohar, I think, is going to end up going out on loan. But um, So it was was Grinwis and Ranjitsing. They talked about it all preseason. We're happy with the goalkeepers we have. Something changed along the way. James O'Connor got a look at the goalkeepers he had in training. It It wasn't working. But they have no money to go out and get somebody that, you know, either with a name recognition or somebody that, that is up and coming or whatever. You know, the, you have to pay to get quality. So right. what they were in the market for was a journeyman, and they went out and found Brian Rowe, and he got a trial, and he made the team, which means he outplayed the guys that were here. So he's on the field and not Adam Grinwis and not Greg Ranjitsing because he outplayed them and earned the job. He won the job over them. You can sit there and say, well, I don't. I think he looks slow and he didn't stop any of those shots. I, maybe Stefan Fry, maybe uh, maybe Zach Steffen, maybe Bill Hamid gets those. No one else in MLS is stopping those. Maybe Tim Melia. But right, there's not – my, my point is there's like four or five guys tops in the league that could have stopped any of those goals. And we don't have we one of those guys. And we can't afford and, well, and we can't afford them. Yeah, we were not. We weren't in the market to get one of those guys. That's why I say after this season, when the the money situation kind of rectifies itself and they can get out from under some of the bigger contracts that they currently can't get out from under, I think they may uh, address that goalkeeper position. And, and I mean, who knows? By then, maybe Grinwis has stepped up, or maybe Ranjit Singh. But I mean, kind of think at the age that those guys are at, I think they kind of you're not going to see a huge leap from them. You're going to see maybe, a, you know, incremental uh, steps, but right. um, I don't think that Brian Rowe has cost this team any points yet. And no. I know I've I seen a lot of people complain. I mean, even some of our staff have complained about him, but I, I mean, if you can show me definitively that, you know, somebody that was in Orlando's price range could have done better. It's certainly nobody on this team could have done better because they couldn't even beat him out for, for the starting spot. So there you go. There's my trifecta. I have now defended Brian Rowe, Will Johnson, and Sasha Kleshton all in the same podcast, Dave. I have made a lot of friends tonight. That's history in the making right there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, for... it's, a good, it's a good thing you run this, this whole thing because otherwise you, people would be calling for your head. Dave, let me tell you why Seb Hines is the best defender we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> The only way you're going to save yourself right now is to say something nice about Adrian Winter. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I don't have anything nice I can say about Adrian Winter because he got hurt this week. Oh, that's right. Uh, oh, he, God, that sucked. He tore his ACL. Oh, God, you feel so bad for the man. Cause I do. He still roots for the Lions like abroad. I mean, he's still falling. That's that's how much of a, a lion he is. I, 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 
you know, I'm not saying that he was the player that we needed or anything like that, but dang it if that man's heart went into it. And it it kills me that he got hurt. He he's not the hero we needed, but he's the hero we deserved. And uh unfortunately he's uh he's gonna have to come back. I'm sure he'll he'll come back and be okay and and yeah. uh bring his his effervescent and energetic self back to the soccer pitch at some point. Probably not for Orlando, but um, you know, you guys can dream. If I'm Adrian Venter, now you just now you just pissed off everybody no, else. I'm just you saying, if that I, winter's not coming back. If I'm Adrian Venter, okay. If I'm Adrian Venter, I'm not obviously. But if I was, why would I ever come back here? I'm a folk hero. All I can do is screw that up. That's true. At some point, people are going to realize my goals per game were not that great. They just remember right. the they remember the highlights. They remember the celebrations. They remember the, a couple of big goals that I scored, but they don't really remember my goals per ninety and assists per ninety were not that awesome. No, but and, <laughs> and you were correct in all of that. But he was fantastic as a player that you love. Oh yeah, he's a fan favorite. He's definitely a crowd pleaser. Uh, I'm just saying, if you objectively look at if you take an objective look at his production. It's it's not terrific. It's just no, okay. No, it's okay. You, you have to look at Venter with your heart. <laughs> yes. You can't look at him with your brain. If you look at him with your heart, it's all rosy. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so now that I have made everyone turn this podcast off, <laughs> I will. Because no, that means when we get to the predictions, nobody will be listening, so well, they won't know that we're wrong. Well, that's where we're at, Dave. We are uh, facing the Montreal Impact Saturday, I believe that's a four o'clock kickoff, and I need your key matchups and your score predictions uh, for a team that I think, I think collectively defeated Orlando five nil in two games last year, and also was the team that chased Jason Kreiss out of the uh, out of the city. Yeah, historically speaking, not great. Um, all right, so key matchup. Um, yeah. I'm going to have to go off of uh, the fact that we've given up three in the past two games. So uh, for me, it's going to be the back line and the keeper, most likely Rowe, um, versus, uh, and I'm going to mess up the name, Safir Tater, uh, because he scored uh, for uh, Montreal in both of their games so far. So he, he seems to have the hot foot. Um, stopping him is going to be the key. Um, I'm going to, since it's early and we don't have a loss yet, I'm going to be a positive Dave and say a 2-1 win at home. Uh, goals maybe from, oh, let's say um, Dom and Mueller. All right. I'm going to say the key matchup for me is the defensive midfield and back line against one Ignacio Piatti. Lion killer Ignacio Piatti. Uh, unless he got hurt and I didn't hear about it, he's the guy that scares me the most. Uh, last year he scored three goals in two games against uh, Orlando City. Mm-hmm. Uh, he barely outscored Orlando City defenders uh, who had two goals for Montreal against Orlando City. <laughs> Hamro Tarek scored in the first meeting and Lamine Sané in the second. Uh, that was not that was that was really uh, unfortunate for Jason Kreiss. Yes, um, but neither of those guys are going to see the field. 
No, no. Um, we don't expect that to be the case. Sané has an outside shot, but Tarek will definitely not be on the field. Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, Ignacio Piatti's the guy. He he pulls the strings. He's their Diego Valeri. He's their guy. I mean, he if he's not scoring the goals, he's setting them up. So he's the guy that needs the, the most attention. So I'm hoping that Sebas Mendez just glues himself to him and doesn't let uh, doesn't let him uh, out of his sight. Just crawl in his pocket and stay there and don't and just deny him the ball and okay. uh, make or make him give it up. So that's the key matchup for me. Uh, I'm going to say the draw. Uh, I mean, this team's got two draws in two games. Uh, as you know, big fan of Breaking Bad. This train don't stop. <laughs> okay. This train don't stop when it comes to draws, and I'm going 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. all right. Well, you know, you're also the, the, the guy who says, until they prove to me, well, they haven't proved to you they can lose, and they haven't proved to you they can win. So you're pretty much locked in on a draw regardless. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be – I think Montreal is going to – is. I think a draw against Montreal is going to be a good result because I expect good things from Montreal this year. I think I think people are sleeping on Chicago and Montreal as teams that are getting better. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that those two teams at, at the end of the year will be in the playoffs. Now, I think the law of averages says at least one of those teams is not in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, based on the fact that the other top teams are still – you know, they, they don't, uh, uh, except for Atlanta, none of the other top teams really has faltered so far. I mean, Columbus is off to a decent start, and yep. you know, uh, I, I expect the Red Bulls to. I mean, I predicted the Red Bulls to win um, Supporter Shield this year, so um, I expect big things from them. Obviously, so there's Columbus, there's um, you know, uh, I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> Uh, it, I, I think that there's some playoff spots there that are on the line, and I think, you know, maybe Philly is a team that steps backward. Um, but I think, and and potentially, I think, I mean, New York City FC is still a very talented team, mm-hmm. so they could still, you know, stay stay above the line too. Um, and DC, DC is a, is a team on the rise, so I think. You know, so pretty are, much everybody we play in the first five games. That's pretty much all of <laughs> yeah. That's, those teams are mostly the playoff teams. I think Philly doesn't make it this year, um, but um, yeah, I, I think Montreal is going to surprise some people this year. So I, I think a two-two draw is not a bad result against them. And um, although you know people will not be happy with a draw at home, um, I think Montreal has is becoming better. And and because Tadir is is a guy that you you know you were talking about. He's one of the reasons. He's he's gotten better yeah. since he's been in the league, and he's really figured this league out now. I think, and and um, as a result, you know Montreal's better. I mean, you can't sleep on him. You can't sleep on Piatti. Uh, it's it's a team that is on the rise. So, yeah, that's what I think. I think that this. All right. Well, this is good because. It, but here's the thing, though, Dave, because Orlando has a lot of times in its short history in MLS has started off pretty hot. Maybe it's good that they don't start off hot. Okay, that, that's fair. I was going to say that uh, the first match we disagreed, and I was right. The second match we agreed, and we were both wrong. And now we disagree again, so maybe I'll be right. And if I'm right, that means we win. Well, I would, I would like, I would much rather you be right than me. Well, sure. I, I think, I think tighter though is. I mean, granted. I don't know if Houston makes the playoffs, and Montreal did just lose to Houston, but that's also on the road. So, yeah. 
Um, well, yeah, and, but they 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 won one, they lost one, and pretty much by the same score. So I mean, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think they're I just think they're a pretty dynamic team. I like that team a lot and what they bring to the table. And Houston at home is really good anyway. Houston has been for the last few years at home has been very very difficult to beat. Um, you know, they've got <laughs> certainly. Uh, Manotas is, is playing very, very well right now. Right. Uh, Kyoto and Elise are very, very good. They've added Tommy McNamara. So they've, they've got a pretty good team uh, as far as attack down in uh, down in Houston. They have typically played well at BBVA Compass Stadium, which I hate that name of that stadium. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so hard to say. Uh, anyway, Dave, so... We'll come back next week. We'll talk about Orlando City and the Montreal Impact, and you know we'll break down the game, obviously, like we normally do, and we'll we'll award our man of the match. We'll maybe we'll talk a little bit about the Sea Wolves. They got another Florida Derby coming up uh, with the Tropics on Friday. Then they play Kansas City. Both those games are at home. Go see them, man. I mean, you, yeah. Watch, watch Orlando City at four, and then just jump in the car and go down to Kissimmee and check out the Sea Wolves against Kansas City. Just make it a whole day of it, of soccer. Well, and it's not like it's expensive to go see the Seawolves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next week, we can also talk about the U.S. men coming to Orlando to play against Ecuador. And Sebas Mendez was called up for that game, by the way. Yes. Uh, so the U.S. Uh, men with none of their typical strikers. <laughs> no Bobby Wood, no Josie Altador, no Timothy Weah, no uh, Josh, Josh Sargent. Uh, not even a Julian Green in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of people raise their eyebrows. I think Wea and the Sergeant are going to be part of the U23s uh, and the Olympic qualifying. Uh, so that's probably why they're not in. Um, and we are just previewing my entire art, uh, article this week. <laughs> so I'm actually going to get to go to that game as a fan, so that's nice for me. Um, Scott Crumbly is... Uh, has, well, actually, I don't know if he's going to cover the game live because I don't know if he's been approved for credentials yet. We've gotten credentials the last several times on U.S. games, so hopefully he'll be there. And um, so we'll talk about that next week. We'll, of course, be able to preview the Pride's preseason opener at North Carolina. Excellent. And, uh, and we'll, of course, talk about the Red Bulls game. Going to be some players missing for Orlando City, that Red Bulls game on the road on oh, yeah. the 23rd because uh, – Will Johnson was called up by Canada. Yep. And Sebas Mendez was called up. And uh, Benji Michelle was called up by Haiti. But I'm, I'm hearing he may not be reporting. Uh, I, uh, you know, that's uh, okay. But, man, I, you know, I, this is one of those times where, you know, I'm going to feel for the player and not for the team. And, dude, go if you get that call up. He's a young guy, and, you know, I don't know if you're a young guy if you want to be putting that out the refusal to go if you're called up. Um, there may not be another chance. Exactly. So, um, but anyway, it's it should be interesting. I was, you know, Will's been in and out of the Canada uh, picture, and he's been kind of out, uh, in you know, all of last year pretty much. So I'm kind of surprised to see him get called up. But, uh, again... If he wasn't playing well for Orlando City, would he have been gotten the call? Would he have gotten that call? I don't think that, so. That's a I good th- point. I think he's called up because his his national team coach sees what he's been asked to do by James O'Connor and the fact that he's been doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. This is, <laughs> damned if you know. do, damned if you don't. Yeah, exactly. 
All right, Dave. So we'll be back to do it again next week. Um, you know, anything else uh, you uh, you want to talk about before we go? Uh, no, you just uh, you know, don't forget about that five star review thing on uh, iTunes. I mean, we would love to be able to read what you have to say about that. All you got to do is just go and leave us a five star review, and and Michael and I'll read it on the on the supposed error podcast or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we look, we're, we, we have egos. We would love to hear good stuff. Just, you know, if, if you like it, go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, the main thing though, is if you leave us the, the feedback and you rate us, even if you don't leave a rate a review, but if you rate us, uh, That's and good. you know, it helps us get in front of more people. It helps us climb the, the podcast standings or leaderboard, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we would appreciate that. We, we think, uh, if you guys like us, maybe some other people you would like to find us too and, and listen to us. Tell your friends, tell your family. So the way you do that is you, you give us a rating and a review. We'll read a five-star review on the air. We're not proud. We'll do that. We don't have any this week, Dave. We haven't got any since the March 3rd one that we read, what, last week or the week before? Yeah. I guess it would have been last week. Okay. So. Please read our stuff at themainland.com. That's where you can find Dave or you can find myself. Dave, you are at... Mainland Dave. Mainland Dave on Twitter. I am uh, at Mainland Michael. And you can, of course, uh, follow the Twitter account for the site, at the Mainland. Uh, and like us, uh, you know, like us on Facebook and all that good stuff. That'll do it. We'll be back next week. On behalf of David Rowe, I'm Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of themainland.com, signing off. The way I always do, by saying, go city, go pride, and go Seawolves. <laughs>